0: Your business will almost certainly benefit if you launch your own podcast, but some people are put off because they think they need thousands of pounds worth of equipment, or that there's no point because others are already doing it and have already taken the audience. In this episode, I talk to Colin Gray, who quickly dispels these myths. Listen to Colin talk about the business he's built around podcast production and his tips on how to launch your own and to build an audience. That's all right here in Episode 75 of the Marketing, Protection and Finance Podcast.
1: Welcome, you're listening to the podcast for financial services professionals looking to share business ideas and inspiration in the world of marketing, protection and finance. So let's get on with the show. And here's your host, Roger Edwards.
0: Welcome, folks, to the Empath Podcast. Thanks very much for either streaming or downloading this episode. Whether you're listening to it on a train, plane, automobile, ship or tram, I really appreciate you plugging me and my guests into your earphones. As the lady said, I'm Roger Edwards, a marketing guy from Edinburgh. I help people like you with your marketing strategy, content and social media. Until I set up my own business, I was in and out of senior marketing roles in UK financial services companies for two decades. Some of you might remember me as a marketing director and then the managing director of Bright Grey and Scottish Provident. If you need any help with your own marketing or social media, or you just want to have a chat about the marketing challenges you're facing at the moment, please do get in touch. Please visit my website at rogeredwards.co.uk, that's rogeredwards.co.uk, and use the contact form. Alternatively, look me up on Twitter, at Roger underscore Edwards. And you can even find me on Snapchat. Yes, Snapchat. It's not just restricted to the under-18s, you know. More and more businesses are on there. Look me up at Roger A. Edwards, that's Roger A for Apple, Edwards. So this week I'm delighted to introduce you to Dr Colin Gray. Colin is an online educator and has been teaching podcasting and online business skills for over seven years. He works with businesses, universities and hobbyists to make podcasting work for them. He's an experienced speaker within the business, new media and academic worlds appearing at some of the biggest UK and international new media conferences. So let's get right into that interview right here on the Marketing, Protection and Finance podcast. And so, Colin, welcome to the Empath podcast. Thanks very much for having
2: me. Glad to be here.
0: Colin, where are we Skyping each other from today? We're quite close, aren't we, I think?
2: Indeed, yeah, not too far away, I don't think. Uh, I'm in Dundee, right in the centre of Dundee.
0: And, of course, I'm in Edinburgh. So this is one of the very few occasions when somebody I'm talking to on the podcast is actually north from me rather than south. (laughs) (laughs) And on the same latitude as well. And on the same latitude (laughs) point. Colin, you run a company called The Podcast Host. Mm Mm-hmm. And I want to talk to you a little bit about podcasting today. It's something that I think that people in the financial services industry can use to engage with their clients, to engage with consumers. Before we get on to that, maybe give everybody a little bit of background about yourself, where you come from, what your ambitions are, where you're going, and basically, what makes Colin Gray tick? (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, it's a, I suppose it's a long and meandering story, but I'll uh, try and make it to the point. Uh, I, my long ago background is uh, I started out in astrophysics. That was what I did my degree in. Wow. But I quickly realized that, um, yeah, th- there's far too much maths in that. And it's far more boring than you'd imagine it would be looking at space. Uh, so I jumped out of that quite quickly and uh, ended up in web design. Uh, so I was creating websites, uh, e-commerce sites, advising on online business for the first Maybe four or five years of my, my working life. Um, at one point I ended up in education as well so I started teaching web design I worked at a college in Edinburgh teaching students how to do not just websites but do animation and a bit of of digital art as well so I really enjoyed doing that Um, I really enjoyed the teaching side of things and I ended up uh, more or less full-time in education for a couple of years although I ended up back out part-time education part-time running my own business alongside that Um, but what kind of brought me back out of education was the fact that I ended up teaching people how to teach with technology so that's kind of my um, my academic background I suppose I've got a a doctorate in that these days um, how to learn best online so how to create great online courses essentially and that's what I taught at a university in Edinburgh for quite a few years Um, but of course part of that uh, is podcasting Mm. so one of the teaching technologies of the day back in uh, I think it was 2006 2007 when I first found out about it uh, a couple of years into the world of podcasting, um, that was a, a fashionable way to teach students at the time. So I was I was asked or tasked to look into podcasting um, at the time. That was about two thousand seven, and I ended up running a course at uh, Edinburgh Napier for about four years. I think it was. Uh, teaching lecturers how to teach using podcasts so that was a big part of my my work there um, and alongside that I ended up creating the podcast host so that was just a website I created thepodcasthost.com to basically write about everything I was learning about podcasting all of the different techniques all of the different equipment all of the sort of fun things I found out about it because I just I got deep into it I just really enjoyed it I loved making audio I loved playing around with the equipment I loved all the aspects of podcasting And basically that kind of brought me up to where we are today, because I I jumped out of education maybe about um, three years ago now, two years ago, uh, and started to work on podcasting full time. And I've been doing that ever since. So these days, the podcast host is uh, three team members. We're taking on another one uh, next month. And we work with clients all over the uh, certainly all over the UK and definitely around the world as well. And how to create podcasts, how to use those podcasts to grow your business, how to create a business with a podcast, or even just how to do it for fun, to be honest. Um, yeah, we run courses, we do uh, sort of production for people, all that kind of stuff. And I suppose really the ambition, you asked about ambition, is that um, I want to be the, the premium podcasting, uh, the premier podcasting resource on the internet by about this time next year. And we're already quite a way along the way to that. So that's, uh, that's where I want to get to. We're creating loads of content, loads of writing, loads of podcasts, loads of videos
0: to achieve that aim. So hopefully we'll get there in the next 12 months. That's a fantastic little bit of history, Colin, and, and a fantastic ambition, and of course, you were right there at the beginning when podcasting really took off. And that that's given you lots of advantages in the development of your business. But it'd be quite interesting if you could just maybe give me a sense of of where you think podcasting is in the United Kingdom. I came across podcasting really... By listening to American podcasters and I I always get the impression that on the whole Americans seem to be around five years ahead of us in quite a lot of things certainly in the marketing space so I I, uh, sort of was nurtured on podcasts like Mike Stelzner's Social Media Examiner, Mitch Joel's Six Pixels of Separation, Ryan Hanley, Content Warfare, Marcus Sheridan, I could name them and and go on. It wasn't really until uh, a few years later after I started thinking about starting my own podcast, that I started to notice UK people getting in on the act. So what's your view on the UK and where UK podcasters are at at the moment?
2: I think it's a a funny question with a few different sides to it I think that you're you're absolutely right there's more there's many many more American podcasts around and we could account for that by the fact that America is way bigger than us of course I mean they've got what six times the population we have almost maybe five times Um, so there should be more podcasts coming out of America but there's definitely more there's a bigger balance towards the US um, than those numbers account for and I think it's partly because they got into it first so they developed it, I mean the podcasting developed out in the US first um, and uh, obviously with the bigger numbers there's sort of bigger uh, you know pool of people to get into it so it could grow faster because of that but I think podcasting in the UK is definitely not as far behind as I think a lot of people say it is. For example, one of the very first podcasts I ever listened to, in fact, the podcast that got me into podcasting, to listening to podcasts, was uh, one called Boag World, which is a UK podcast. Okay. It, was, it was a guy that a guy called Paul Boag and his friend Marcus Lillington who were co-directors of a web design agency, which still exists today, does, still does really well. The podcast still exists today. And I first listened to that back in 2007. And it was a great podcast. It's one of the best podcasts. One of my favorite examples of a great podcast that just evolved over the years and w- went in different ways really sort of a great excellent podcast with a great example of good um co-hosting as well so anyway i think that there are great examples of uk podcasts and there's definitely a lot growing in the last year as well mm-hmm. um, especially if you were at uh, new media europe so um Mike and isabella russell's uh, event down in manchester this last year the podcast awards were really quite um it was just quite impressive how many different podcasts there were out there the quality of them all these shows that you haven't heard of and actually maybe your comment around the fact that we're a bit behind on marketing might hit the nail on the head there is that there's a lot of podcasts around in the uk a lot of great quality stuff coming out it's just that we're maybe not as good at shouting about it about right. telling people how good they are and promoting them i think possibly that might be a bigger part of the problem
0: i think that's one of the problems isn't it because we we tend to build stuff and expect people to come and find us as opposed to building it and going out and as you say, shouting from the rooftops and letting yeah. people know that it's here. So I think that is a lesson that anybody starting a podcast is going to have to take. And, and, and I suppose it, it, what I wanted to do was just explore with you a little bit further, Colin, on effectively how you set up podcast host and some of the challenges that you've faced getting it off the ground and some of those challenges might be convincing people that podcasts are a good idea. Um, I mean, sometimes I speak to, speak to people and say, oh, do you want to come on the Empath podcast? And they'll say, what's a podcast? Yes. And then you have to go, well, it's a downloadable audio show etc etc so i mean on the one hand i sometimes think that podcast isn't isn't the right word and maybe that's a marketing issue as well what are some of the what are some of the challenges that podcast host has overcome what are some of the things that you've done to effectively get you yourself on the road to success colin yeah
2: there there's definitely been a fair few challenges and that the one you just mentioned is obviously the biggest one the fact that this is really uh it's still an emerging media almost i mean it's it's ironic that's it been around for 10 years and yet it's still considered and media um it's changing there's been a lot of changes in the last 12 months the last even two years uh which has changed which has altered the kind of growth of podcasting Mm -hmm. and it's it's, hard, uh, it's easy to go in the bandwagon of like the resurgence of podcasting, the renaissance of podcasting, all that kind of stuff. But actually, the things that have happened in the last 12 months to the last 18 months, um, such as the breakthrough of a couple of different shows, um, the technology changes that have happened in the last two years, they've made a huge difference compared to the eight years that came before that. So there is definitely an uptick in the, kind of the growth in the last little while. But yeah, in terms of challenges, that that really getting people to know, um, uh, helping people to get to know the medium is the biggest one. But it's, it's, it's the one that's been overcome by every medium so far, isn't it? I mean, blogging in the early days was uh, thought of as just people, you know, spouting their nonsense onto the yeah. internet. Yeah. Social media was just a time waster. It's just people talking about what they had for breakfast that morning. Uh, video, YouTube, it's, uh, people just talk about that as, you know, just cat videos and stuff like that. But <laughs> all three of those now are millions and millions of pounds are poured into those mediums these days because companies are coming to know that they are legitimate methods of marketing not just legitimate but improved methods of marketing over sticking an advert in a magazine so that's the biggest challenge we have um, in this coming year and I've got plans to try and overcome that in this coming year to try and legitimize podcasting as a, a marketing method uh, tell businesses how it can help them what the power of podcasting is compared to these other mediums what advantages it has what this is you know how to choose which medium that you want to use to Market your business. That's the biggest thing I want to look at.
0: Yeah, and of of course, it's it's so portable, isn't it? Um, One of the great things about podcasting and what got me into it again is that you can listen to a podcast anywhere in the bath on the treadmill cooking a meal walking the dog (laughs) driving a car and you can watch video quite a lot of the time but you can't watch video when you're driving the car or you shouldn't do And, and an audio is just such a perfect medium there's something intimate about it as well colin don't you think
2: yeah i mean that that takes us right to this what i always talk about as the power of podcasting it's those two things actually you've just mentioned Uh, they they multiply. They don't just add together, they multiply. It's Uh the fact that, so you've got the the engagement that comes through hearing somebody's voice. Uh, You get the personality, the transparency. You also get the fact that people are much more likely to be honest and transparent on a podcast, as the host, I mean, because you feel less self-conscious just talking than you do when you're talking to a video and Mm -hmm. having your... we're all superficial beings I suppose we're all self conscious (laughs) about how we look how we appear all that kind of stuff and so when you take away that visual element hosts tend to be more confident more outgoing more charismatic um, and that leads to being more honest and it leads to engaging with your audience a bit more so so hearing that voice right in your ears through those headphones just sort of straight into your head is just something like you say very very intimate about that so that's the engagement part of it and the other part is the fact that you can do it anywhere so you can, you can fill your wasted time driving, queues, ironing cooking whatever And so you get that attention. So attention is far bigger than videos, far bigger than blogs. I mean, you're lucky if you can get somebody to skim a blog for two or three minutes these days, watch a video for four or five minutes, but you get people listening to podcast episodes for half an hour to an hour to, you get some episodes that are two, three hours long that still are really popular. So you get those two together, you get the attention and you get the engagement. People listening to you for two hours, engaging with you every single second of that, and that just creates a huge amount of trust. People just grow to trust you, to like you, to to basically Um, become fanatical fans of you and your brand because of those two things together.
0: And I think there's another side to it as well and and this is something that I suppose I realised when I started to podcast myself as opposed to just listening to them. So when I'm listening to podcasts, I'm learning um, and and it could be stuff to do with marketing. could be completely outside of the industry that I've been in all my life. It could be about fitness. It could be about cooking. It could be about (laughs) films, whatever it might be. But of course, what I realized when I started podcasting myself is that the learning doesn't stop when you become the host. Because just by having you on the show today, I'm going to learn something new. Just by having anybody on the show, I'm going to learn something new. So it's almost like a a, a double learning um, vehicle for my mind. Because if you interview really interesting people from whatever walk of life, from whatever industry, from whatever career path, you're always going to learn something. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a huge secondary benefit, of that, isn't it? You, I mean, you can put your content out, it promotes your business, all that kind of stuff, but it's a networking thing, isn't it? You get to know people in your industry, you get to speak to these people that uh, that maybe you wouldn't get to speak to otherwise. Maybe, I mean, it's actually surprising how easy it is to get somebody quite high profile onto your podcast, even famous people mm-hmm. um, in your industry or even in media, because podcasting still is perceived as quite new and it's quite kind of innovative. So uh-huh. they're much more likely to say yes to that than in many other ways.
0: Yeah. So let's, let's turn the, the, the uh, spotlight to the financial services industry just a little bit, Colin, if we can. The fact remains that the financial services industry has a really poor reputation with the UK public. And it's always been my contention that we need to engage with consumers more than ever before and overcome these really poor perceptions that they have. And I believe that now is the time because digital marketing gives everybody the opportunity. Um, you know, tw- 10, 15 years ago, and a small business, a small financial services business, couldn't afford a marketing campaign. Today, they can. And I've said for a long time that the big product providers, on the whole, are not going to be the ones that embrace this challenge. So the short-term hope for improving the image of financial services is through the marketing and engagement efforts of financial advisors themselves. And there's not that many people in financial services podcasting there's notable exceptions, of course, as Martin Bamford with his informed choice podcast, and Pete Matthew with Meaningful Money, and you know Pete's show. It's an award winner. He, he won Indeed. the he won the best uh, UK podcast at the uh, at the uh, Media Awards that you mentioned before, Colin. Yeah, well deserved. As Absolutely, well, yeah. and and to my mind, that's exactly the sort of show that we need to do to help build trust with the public uh both Pete and Martin have appeared on this podcast separately and then together in episode 63 they joined me um as a as a sort of group chat where they shared their podcasting experience and it's one of my missions for 2016 to persuade more financial services professionals of the benefits of podcasting and that's why I really wanted to get you on the show Colin so that you could explain to my audience what they can get out of podcasting and potentially what you could do to help them there. So maybe some of the things that we can just explore, uh, maybe some of the myths that that exist, like it's hard um, yeah, sure. and, oh, I haven't got time or it's technically complicated or I need lots of equipment. And guys, let, listen, listen, when I first did my pod, the very first podcast, I used my son's xbox headset and basically a portable um i use actually use my iphone as the recording device now of course i have got a proper compress a condenser microphone i've got a bit of a mixing desk and all that geeky technology but you don't actually need everything to get started so colin what would you say to a financial services professional who's maybe listened to this podcast maybe listen to martin bamford or pete matthew and are thinking should i get into this Or, well, actually, should I get into this because Pete's already done it or Martin's already done it or Roger's already done it? What what would you say?
2: Well in terms of that question I think definitely get into it because there's there's the good thing about podcasting right now is competition is still very very low. Uh, I mean if you're if you're thinking about starting a blog or thinking about starting a social media account or a, a video on YouTube uh channel then you've got a huge amount of competition. I mean there's um I think the last research I saw so it was hundreds of millions of blogs out there but there's less than there's less than a million podcasts out there. So the competition in your little niche will be tiny, and I mean you've got great examples out there. You've got Pete, you've got um, your other uh, financial service podcasters out there, but there's always room for a different personality. That's the great thing about the audio medium is that your personality comes across, like we talked about before, mm-hmm. and therefore you can give it your own take. People will like you that maybe don't get on with somebody else's personality, or you can just have a different take on it. Find your own little niche within that area. I mean, financial services is a huge niche. There must be so many different little subcategories that you. Could specialize in as well so yeah definitely don't worry about the competition aspect and people listen to more than one podcast definitely i've got 30 or 40 on my phone <laughs> yeah. and uh, most podcast listeners have at least sort of a dozen many more
0: and what can you do to to help people if if uh, they want to get their podcast off the ground the podcast host has made a business out of helping people launch podcasts what are the steps that somebody would have to go through from conception to launch
2: yeah sure so the I suppose the first question we always get is the technical side of it you mentioned already about equipment is it hard to do all that kind of stuff we work with um, we've worked with a lot of people over the years excuse me a lot of people over the years and they uh, unanimously we we tell everyone to start really simple so make sure your first 10 episodes, you plan to do that with the simplest equipment you can, by which you can do it as, uh, by which I mean a a mobile phone, so a smartphone. You can just record using the dictaphone on your smartphone. The microphone within, say, an iPhone or a decent smartphone is actually really, really good. It's designed, that's what phones are designed (laughs) to do, to capture the voice. Uh, So if you just get the dictation app on your smartphone, just speak into the end of it, so speak into the microphone part, just hold it like a phone, for example. Uh, You can record a really good, audio file using that and that could get you started it can that could get you into it It lets you just try it out for five episodes say um, and then you can even just move up to something like a headset mic. So you get pretty decent headset mics out there for about £30. You mm-hmm. just plug that into your laptop, plug that into your, your desktop, whatever it is you're using to record. And you record into that using uh, some free audio recording software. Um, for example, Audacity, which is costs nothing to buy, really easy to use. And we've got loads of tutorials uh, how to use that on uh, our YouTube channel as well. So the technical side of it is not something to worry about at all. Um and even when you get to the editing aspect as well, that is something that takes a little while to learn. It's not complicated. It takes maybe a few hours to get into it, um, sort of a few days to get quite good at it. But you don't even have to do that. I mean you can you can keep the editing down, you can think, I'm gonna keep my mistakes in, I'm not gonna put any music in, I'm not I'm just gonna have it raw and, and transparent and honest. And people like you for that. If you Mm -hmm. leave your mistakes in, you don't have to worry about editing out coughs or editing out little um, stumbles in your words or whatever. Just keep it as simple as humanly possible for that first 10 to 15 episodes get into it, practice your art, get better at presenting and content creation. And only then, once you start to build an audience, then you start to think about making it more complicated, as in buying more equipment or adding music or all that kind of stuff. So yeah, um, there's, lo- there's lots of other parts of the early planning process, but that's the, kind of, that's the early stages of it.
0: And getting towards a launch, how would you suggest somebody actually launched it to their audience? I mean, I've heard people say you should record 10 and get them all uploaded onto iTunes and go in with a big bang or should you drip feed them out or should you get social media involved, should you blog about it? Yeah,
2: yeah, I mean, so taking it back just a little bit once you've got your equipment the first thing that a lot of people miss out actually is a decent little planning session so actually just sitting down for a couple of hours and thinking about a few different things the first of which is who is your ideal listener uh, it's called an avatar it's called a persona in some areas it's it's, it's, it's marketing parlance so it's who you're selling to um, even if you're not selling in a traditional sense you're selling your show you're selling your ideas you're selling yourself i suppose to the listener so who is it that you're selling it to and you've got to think about the problems they're having what it is they want what you're going to solve for them so what's the problem they're having how are you going to solve it and why should they listen to you you're going to write all this down and that's all going to go into both the title of your show and it's going to go into the description because that's how you're going to get people to listen it's down to what you put in the title to make them think oh that that makes me curious I think that could be good for me and then the description goes into a bit more detail telling them about the problems um, that you're solving and why you're the best person to do that for them so that's that's something that a lot of people miss out in the early days and that's something that leads into the launch because basically that's what powers all of your your marketing all your promotion because what you're going to do is really just Put it out on social media, like you say. These are This is what we're solving. These are the things that we're doing. These, this is what we do to help you. This is why you should listen. All that goes out in blogs, on social media, and videos, all that kind of thing to promote it as much as you can. And it'll go to your existing audience as well. I mean, that's one of the biggest ways that you can promote it is to just actually put it out to your existing audience, ask them to pass it around. But in terms of the numbers, you mentioned uh, having a few podcasts in the bank. ten is probably a bit overkill. Okay. Uh, it's a good idea to have, say, three episodes at least in the bank at the start, maybe up to five. Uh, the reason for that being that if somebody finds one of your episodes, they want to, you want to really hook them in. So you want them to listen to the episode and go, oh, that was great. I'd love to listen to more and actually have a couple more things to listen to right at the start. And the added benefit of that as well is that iTunes tends to Well, the way iTunes um, ranks you is in a few different ways. It's to do with reviews, it's to do with downloads, it's to do with subscriptions. We don't know exactly how it works, but it's all—it's to to do with a combination of all of those things. And therefore, if you have more than one episode available right at the start, then you get more downloads um, straight away. You also are more likely to get a subscription because you're more likely to hook somebody in. So that's the reason for having more than one episode at least. Um, But yeah, I'd say you could go for three to five as a really good starting point. That's what we tend to advise people.
0: So some really good... stuff there, calling some really good tips. So what you're saying, first of all, is equipment-wise, it doesn't have to be complex to start with. Secondly, and this is a classic content marketing strategy, obviously, is to create the avatar for the person or for the target market that you're going after. And for example, the, the avatar that I created for this podcast is a professional business owner, a bleak financial advisor who's probably a one-man band or running a small firm of people, eager to embrace digital technology, looking to develop their business and wanting to learn about marketing, social media, business development and best practice. And effectively what I did is came up with a load of questions around that the sort of questions that avatar would be asking and try to structure my podcast episodes around answering those questions it's the classic they ask you answer model so there's some really good stuff there and then of course maybe get three to five podcasts in the bank put them out there get feedback and then refine experiment and hopefully your audience is going to grow from there Exactly. Yes.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's like I said, a lot of people don't plan out that ideal listener. They don't know who they're speaking to. And that's the biggest failing of a lot of shows. They don't know who they they don't know what they're talking to. They they end up going off track. They end up not knowing really what they need to speak about on the next episode. They don't quite have their topics nailed down. And therefore, they just don't appeal to any particular person enough to make to create those loyal listeners. And that's that's what you're looking for of a podcast.
0: What would be the one big idea that you'd like those people who are listening to the Empath podcast today to take away from the experiences you've had and effectively to take away from the chat that we've just had, Colin?
2: The the big idea, the one that I always try and get across to people is that technology is not what's going to make your podcast great. So forget about the microphones the mixers all that kind of stuff certainly in the early days you can get to that later once you've got an audience but forget about it in the early days and just practice the art of speaking of creating content of creating things that are engaging for that one particular person that you're trying to please just get good at that practice that as much as you can um, and you're only going to be able to practice that as much as you can if you just keep things simple keep things simple as possible practice as much as you can and just get some content out there that's how you're going to create a great podcast
0: Colin, this has been a fantastic conversation this morning. Lots of really good tips, lots of really good insight, lots of really good advice. I still believe that there's a huge market out there for financial services podcasts. I think there uh, is a potential for people to, uh, to join the likes of Pete Matthew and Martin Bamford and myself out there in the podcasting world. And you've given everybody a lot of motivational ideas to get them started this morning. Thanks very much for that. Before we go, I always like to finish off the podcast with a quick fire round of business questions. Now, I know that you don't actually work in the financial services industry, but you're probably a customer of the financial services industry. So if there was one thing that you would change about the financial services industry, if somebody gave you a magic wand to wave, what would it be?
2: I'm sure you've had this answer before, but it's the one that springs to mind. It's just personality. It's putting more personality into it i mean when i think of financial services or finance in general it's just so staid it's so kind of suit and tie it's so um sterile i guess uh, and i think that's why pete matthew's is doing so well because he's just been so, so honest just puts lots of personality into stuff so if i could find more financial services um providers who just actually seem to be honest and open and real people
0: then i feel like Uh, I'd be much more interested in dealing with it. (laughs) That, That certainly fits with my vision. What's the one business model, or it could be a product or a campaign, that's caught your attention in the last year? Tell us what it was and what you liked about it.
2: I think the business model, actually, that's been catching my eye recently is to do with more live Um, Support. So, have you heard of Slack as a platform? Yes. So, Slack has kind of disrupted a lot of community building, I think, in the last year. Uh, In terms of when you thought about creating a community in the past, it was always just a a discussion forum. It was always asynchronous communication, as in you post something, you get something five hours to five days later. But Slack is allowing people to create communities out there just now, Mm -hmm. which are live support, which are really active, massively engaging, because you're getting immediate feedback. You're getting really segmented conversations because of all the channels that you can have. And I'm seeing people create communities using Slack um, and create services using Slack not just communities but support services and things using this tool Mm -hmm. um, which is really interesting to me and I'm I'm thinking about bringing it into our business as well in a way to support a lot of the people that we're working with so I love the way that these new tools that just sort of it's something that's old because it's just really live communication like instant messaging Mm -hmm. but Actually done in a really clever really slick really really easy to use way which gives you all these new ways to to I don't know provide services to your customers
0: that's great and the next question was going to be tell us about an app or a gadget but I think that's that probably covers that as well so the last question Colin is what's the best business book you've ever read tell us why you like it so much and what you took from it
2: <laughs> I am a big fan of the old classic uh, the e-myth by uh, Mm -hmm. michael gerber isn't it Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, mainly because i uh, love the idea of having a business that doesn't rely entirely on me Uh, so i'm building a systematized business which has uh, you know you could sell as a franchise if you wanted to but actually it just means that it serves your customers better and um, and it's more reliable and it provides better customer service so yeah the e-myth was something that changed my um, my mind about how to build a business years ago and i read it again every couple of years just to refresh myself on it
0: Fantastic. Colin, before we sign off, I'm hoping that quite a lot of people listening to the podcast this morning are going to to want to get in touch with you to talk about how they can develop their own podcast going forward. So what's the best way that people can connect with you?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Happy to chat. Um, first place to find me really is just the website. So thepodcasthost.com. Come there to, to have a look at everything we do. We've got our courses there, our production services, our mentoring services. And if you want to get in touch just for a, a chat uh, personally about it, then by all means, you can just email me at
0: info at And those contact details and links to things we talked about during this um, session will be in the show notes, which you can find at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MPAF. That's rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MPAF. Colin, thanks so much for taking the time to come on the podcast this morning. It's been a great pleasure to talk to you. Let me wish you every success for the future, and I hope to catch up with you again soon. It's been a pleasure to chat. Thanks for having me on.
1: for listening to the Marketing Protection and Finance Podcast. Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MPAF for links to the apps and topics and books we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Simply visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash iTunes and leave a review. If you are a provider or advisor or journalist and you have a product, campaign or business model, you'd like to talk about please get in touch you can be the next guest on the show and do remember nothing we talk about on the show is financial advice of any kind it's all just thoughts and opinions okay